This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. That there was misleading, and that was a track called Blonde from her album Minor Thing, which just came out a few months ago. I was fortunate enough to catch up with her and uh, do a bit of an interview, so I'll be ahead of her tour of the country, and just after the release of her latest song, which just came out on Thursday, we talk a bit about it, and... uh, I think we have a fairly good chat. Playing that for you now. I've got here Nadia Freeman, who's a Wellington-based uh, musician, spoken word artist, poet, uh, advocate for Asian uh, musicians in Wellington, amongst many other things. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you've got a new single. It's just come out. I'll play it after the interview. And it's cool. called self-help and uh yeah i listened to it and it reminded me a lot of uh like devo and uh the, the plastics and uh oh right the plastics cool yeah can we talk a bit about themes and process and stuff like that yeah sure this one was an interesting one because i usually because i'm a poet as well i tend to write poems and then make music separately and then join them up eventually so when i was writing this song i was um, feeling actually pretty stressed out by everything that was going on, all the things I had to do. And I um, felt, yeah, just was feeling really overwhelmed. So started writing down kind of my frustrations about it because it just seems that when you're feeling overwhelmed, the thing that people want to do is give you more advice about extra things that you should do that should be helpful. So they're telling you to meditate and do yoga and do join clubs and really that's just adding more onto your plate and can just make everything worse and it kind of got me thinking about how useless the advice we get sometimes is which is why the song starts with why are you poor work harder which is just such a ridiculous statement (laughs) there's just so many things behind why people might have barriers to what they need in life so I just um and there's a huge industry that profits out of that so um that's what was the motivation behind writing that and in the meantime, I was just working on this track and I started getting into these industrial kind of sounds that developed into a funky, fun beep and a beat and a, as I was developing and it just started sounding a, yeah, a bit like Depot. And I was just like, this is fun. And I think that's important because it's a topic talking about anxieties and the pressures, but I want people to feel a little bit of relief when, <laughs> as well, like a, maybe a, feel like I have a little dance when they're, when they're hearing it as well. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of humour in like a lot of your songs as well. That definitely comes through. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a like, strong need for Kiwi sarcasm in all of my tracks, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And uh, the music, is it all done on the Deluge, the synth-strong Deluge? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's my process. I'm, I am an unusual coming to music. I didn't really get the chance to study music when I was younger. It just was a, I guess, wasn't something I was really given the opportunity to do. So when I came across the Synth Drone Deluge, it was just like the most wonderful thing to realise that I could make music without necessarily understanding how to read music. Um, and it allows me to 
sample uh, sorry so it has like how much just built-in samples and I can add more in and then I can program out and sequence my songs and yeah it's just wonderful very versatile device that I haven't had to really add any extra hardware or software to to be able to make all my tracks and that's made in Wellington which is kind of cool too yeah yeah, for sure. And it uh, definitely elevates what's already uh, clearly well thought out and well put together words. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my yeah. awkward way of trying to uh, to segue into talking about <laughs> about that, your background in um, uh, spoken word poetry, because you've come to music through that, right? Yeah, so I, I guess I've been a spoken word poet for oh, a really long time, like, eight years um and that all happened um just I guess there was a bit of a resurgence in a movement of performance poetry that happened and I was in Toronto at the time and just got blown away by it um so what is this exciting thing that has made poetry come to bars again and people loving it so I started writing my own and um competing in slams and then and in New Zealand and then when I went to Edinburgh I think because it's got this literary history they just have so much spoken word everywhere you can go to a gig every night of the week even though the city's like the same size as Christchurch um it's not it's not a big city but they just really love the literary arts so that kind of happened and when I started making music I didn't know how to sing at the time so I started pairing the two together without song and then decided I wanted to learn to sing so I started taking jazz vocal lessons and building on that too and yeah yeah poetry's not the same as songwriting like there is a difference and having to develop and work out that difference but I still sometimes like to throw in spoken words I think it just brings a nice element to songs sometimes yeah especially if you really want people to hear something yeah yeah for sure and uh you were brought back from Edinburgh by COVID I take it yeah 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 so um and my my husband works in events and there just was nothing and it didn't look like there would be anything for a really long time. And I just have some, um, I just wanted to be with my family. So it just made sense to, to go while there appeared to be a chance to go. And I'm so, so lucky that I got to go when I, I went and that we had a system to, to get into the country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, MIQ was kind of a nice relief after like such a long time. But even though we were locked in, we were locked in with an end date, which just felt um, just like, a, yeah, really nice. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I totally went through that as well. I, I came back from Montreal at the end of last year. And oh, yeah, right. yeah. I, I felt like I was just breathing an enormous sigh of relief for like two weeks, like lying on the, yeah. <laughs> the bed in, in the hotel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Actually, I have a, um, a song about that on my album um, called Another Day, where I which is actually mostly spoken word because it just felt like the right format for that, where I just sort of talk about the stagnation of time and the idea of feeling like there's just no no idea of hope or what's coming around the corner and that, that mood. Um, and it's so nice that in the last year I haven't had to relate to that feeling for quite a long time. And even though um, we've got people still in lockdown across the country and it's really hard and stressful to them we have a vaccine and an answer which is really nice yeah yeah for sure and the album came out in june uh it's called minor thing i played uh some tracks off it on my show since it came out cool oh thank you yeah it's it's great um 
my only my only qualm is uh, on the Bandcamp. I wish it had the lyrics. Oh right, yeah. I'll put them up. Thank you for saying that. I can definitely put them up. Yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. great because uh, you know I'd I'd love to be able to read them as uh, as I listen to it. Yeah, cool. yeah. You can get some strong like you can like keep some strong feminist empowerment words in your pocket for when you're out at parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like the sort of darkness and the the humor and they they kind of balance really nicely for me especially against like what's essentially like you know pop music. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. I think it's it's just me and like I, I think I I tend to make write really miserable dark lyrics and um I think I, I tend to often be quite reactionary to something that's happened. Um, so, and then I get that out on paper, but then when I'm making music, I just want them to be like upbeat. So I, it's kind of this clash of um, dark and miserableness with this, this upbeat sounds, although a couple of the sounds like Woke and The Girl Has Gone have a bit more darker beat to them. Um, yeah, and they do, it does happen accidentally, but it seems to be um, pretty prevalent with everything I make. Uh, and it also makes it very difficult for me to like, um, approach, I guess, labels and playlists and things because they just don't know where to put it. <laughs> um, when you approach um, people who want to play pop music, they want something happy. Um, they don't really want to hear about politics and things and, and their work. So but that, that's all right. Better to be different, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I really appreciate uh, things with conscious lyrics uh, an awful lot, being drawn in by just you know, the the beat or the sound of the music. And then it's like the more you listen to it, the more you think about it. And then it, it's kind of like more layers that you're kind of getting out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing I kind of feel with that, like any kind of art and music. Maybe maybe someone will just listen to it and they won't hear the words. And that's okay. Like just enjoy it for what it is. That's nice. And then if you hear the first idea of the words, that's cool. And if you get in deeper to hear those extra subtexts that I've put in there, then I, I'm, I hope, yeah, you can... Un- yeah, that's quite nice to know that some people might get to unwrap that and hear that if they listen a bit closer. I guess because I've had a history of working in the social and health sector over the last 15 years, um, mostly in public health, and but I've also worked um, in support for youth and um, drugs and alcohol and, and environmental work and work on prejudice too. And I just, I mean, feel like quite lucky I've worked across a lot of topics and it's the kind of work that you don't just go and do and forget about. You take it home, it sits within you and um, it definitely makes a big impact on the art that I create. So I think the first poem I wrote um, was called, which I turned into a song on my EP called Swamped, was just a real outlet on how frustrating it was to work in public health and know that most of what we're doing wouldn't be impactful while there was such strong inequalities going on um, because ultimately people's income and their dep- level of deprivation just makes such a big difference to to their health and um yeah so I have a I kind of do go back to that a lot in my work and I guess have with the self-help song quite uh, quite a lot and then I guess um I have another song on my album called Where Have the Gods Gone which is really about the mistakes we've made as humans on and its impact on the planet and it's um yeah at the time I was working um for a sustainable transport um, agency where where we're looking at trying to improve people to be more walking and cycling to uh, impact on the planet well as, as as a step to help the planet um yeah so i think it, 
it's always going to be part of it as long as I'm working in that area. And I guess you, you never really stop working in it. I think um, Woke, um, which is on my album, I, I worked in a, a job called Action on Prejudice when I was in Edinburgh, which was pretty heavy stuff. Like every day I was having to literally research and find out about hate crimes that were happening in Scotland, but um, and also have built my awareness of the hate crimes that happened in New Zealand. So I think when the Black Lives Matter movement came round in 2020, it, it, it hit really hard and it made me very angry, um, particularly because it, I was seeing people around me, people I really liked around me who suddenly became aware that there was difficulties for people of colour and um, suddenly wanting to be a part of it. And it, for some people it was from a genuine place and for some people that felt like they were jumping on a bandwagon so I guess I was sort of reaching out to say well this is this has always been here and it always will be and um uh, let's just I, I hope it's a call for people to to stick with that um level of interest and care that, that society seems to have for for that topic now yeah yeah for sure rather than just it being a a, a jing, jingoistic uh, trend or something yeah, yeah, just like blacking out your Instagram profile, like like it makes a huge difference rather than really going in and um, really going in and advocating when you see things that are wrong. Yeah, yeah for sure. So you're playing uh, November the 27th at Inch Bar yes. in Dunedin, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I've um, been to gigs in Dunedin but never played there, so it's, it should be fun, and Inch Bar is quite a cool institution for music. Yeah, it's a lovely wee venue. It's, yeah... It's great for um, spoken word stuff as well, and like kind of weird arty things. Oh, great! Into some great things there. Fantastic. Well, if there's any listeners out there, I'm still seeking out a support act um, local to Dunedin. So um, if you if you like my stuff and you think we might play well together, please get in touch. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, yeah, I'll have a think as well. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Sweetie. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and my friends organise um, gigs like fairly often as well and like put up posters and things so we can help out with that oh thank you that, that'd that be amazing thanks a whole lot some of my closest friends who i organized the gigs with who i actually went out last night in the rain doing postering <laughs> with the the lead singer is uh an indian um moldy chick and oh, i just saw them play on friday and i was just like man like I, it made me want to like you know really play music again but um wow that sounds great yeah 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 Yeah. i'm always um i mean after setting up being involved with the eastern sound collective um for asian artists i'm all about getting a chance to play with other musicians of color particular um those of asian ethnicity just just to and want a need to uplift each other and support each each other's mahi so it'd be really great to know about who that person is because we are um the Eastern Sound Collective, which has been set up to support other Asian artists in Wellington, is um, started to hook into a national group um, that's in the pipeline run by someone in Auckland. Um, and we're seeking out South Island artists because um, we don't have connections and networks to the South Island yet. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, um, yeah, she'd, she'd be good to talk to. Uh, she runs a, like a distro um, type thing called the Dance Happy Doom Crew. They're, they're things more like hardcore and, um, you know, screamo and punk music and stuff. But, uh, 
yeah, very supportive of uh, all kinds of people across the country for sure. Oh, that's that's really lovely to hear. That's cool. Yeah, I'd love to. I'm going to look that up. That sounds like I, I love some, love some hardcore and some punk in my spare time. And um, I think, and when I was in Edinburgh, I was usually opening for punk acts. Um, seems unusual, but oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it would fit, but it did. Yeah, because um, I don't always want punk all night. Though. Sometimes I want a variety, and as long as your lyrics are angry enough, they'll be happy to have you on board. <laughs> so. Yeah, cool. Um... I, I lived in Wellington for a little bit before I went overseas and uh, I was not so much with gigs, but I was like really impressed with the stand-up comedy scene. There seemed like there was a lot of like Indian like stand-ups. Oh, cool. I don't know any of them. I know a lot of stand-ups in Wellington, but I have been out of the loop living overseas. Um, there is um, Jerome Chandrahasan, who's a Sri Lankan stand-up. Um, from, I grew up with him. He's really funny and doesn't do enough gigs. He's too busy organizing other people's gigs, but he runs a... I think the Monday Raw Comedy Nights. What's on the horizon for the Eastern Sound Collective? Yeah, well, we, um, we're still a new group. We only really set ourselves up in January this year and are seeking out, trying to build our membership and let more other um, artists or musicians in Wellington of Asian ethnic origin um, let us know that we exist and that they can join us. Uh, basically, our goal is just to be a support network to each other and run activities that will help lift the profile of Asian artists in New Zealand because while we're about 20% of the population, we're like less than 1% like represented in, in music media. And that's a lot of media as well. It's not just that. Um, so we're, that's part of the thing. So at the moment we, we did a gig in May and it went really well. And so we're doing another gig this November, which I'm really excited about. Um, we've got a band called Am who are a Asian, sorry, they're a, Kanisic fusion group so they blend like classical Indian music with um, modern jazz and it sounds fantastic and they also have some funky numbers that get people dancing and then there's a pop duo from Auckland who may not get to come anymore but we're hoping they can still make it um, called Ursha Island and they're uh, of Chinese Pakeha heritage and have lived in China and New Zealand and they make sort of like a um, yeah they do R&B and pop they have this really strong classical background as well so fascinating to, to, to hear too so yeah we're, we're we're stoked about this gig if we can do it um and i hope that we can get some interest in it i'm um, not that you maybe your listeners might be reminded if they are they should come along yeah and so for the wider uh group that the um the eastern sound collective uh like joining up with what can you tell us about them? Yeah, so it's just a Facebook group at the moment. It really just started two weeks ago. Around so you're playing? I could Square in Auckland, who, um, and he, he's really committed to trying to build our membership and just foster the idea of, again, same ideas, encouraging um, Asian artists to connect with each other and um, build, build awareness of the artists that are out there. So at the moment, we're pretty close to 200 members, which happened very quickly, but most are based in Auckland because um, that's where he knew the most people and we're looking out for people in the South Island who may want to join. So I think the group is called Yo, Where the Asians Are at the moment, but we are hoping to get a more formalised name. But for now, um, it might just be Asian Musicians New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, please, if you're interested, you could look me up and I can connect you or if you try to search You're Where the Asians At on Facebook, you, you should be able to connect in. There's also a playlist on Spotify for it too. Um, 
of Kiwi Asian musicians. Yes, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, we'll put a link up to that on the local Radio 1 page. Yeah. Great, great. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be sweet. You did a show earlier in the year uh, called Eat These Words where it was like food uh, matched with the pieces that you were performing. What was the story with that and how did it go down? It went great. Um, I ended up uh, doing a show for the uh, Fringe Festival, New Zealand Fringe Festival. I'd been a part of multiple shows in Edinburgh for, for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival but never done my own show. And for this show, it was called Eat These Words with the idea that as I took people through the story of poetry, um, at which I the stage was set up as a kitchen, I had given people like a tray of eight different food items. And as I introduced a poem, I, asked, I would ask them to eat a food item with it. And the idea is you'd have this full sensory experience where you're hearing the poetry or the music that I was playing, you're tasting something. And then we also had visuals as well. So it was that it was really fun, and <laughs> I think the cool part about it is you don't know it's a part that you can't really control as the performer. You don't know people. people some people choke. <laughs> some people drop their oh, food no. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, they enjoyed it. Or you could hear like people. I, I chose one of my poems, and it's on my album. Another day, um, there's a line that says a syncopation of crunch and chew, and I had people eating cornflakes, and you could hear them crunching as we were going through the the piece and um there was another piece which i do a poem about my mother and she'd made um a fiji indian sweet which is like um it's kind of got like coconut and um indian spices in it and you could hear people sort of like making like happy happy eating noises like mm, as they were going through <laughs> and it that was, that was just a really nice engaging thing to that we could all do together rather than it was just me performing at people <laughs> oh yeah that sounds so good yeah the hard part one is that it's a difficult one to tour because i have to take so much food with me and um <laughs> prepare it so um i did it for the fringe festival and then um Kiamo festival which is the indigenous arts festival in wellington asked if i could do another season of it so i did a, a few more for them too which went really well but it is it is a, quite a an ordeal to get that much food ready for um people turning up to the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh awesome uh, yeah, so for the gig uh, on the 27th at Inch Bar, what can people expect? No food. No food. Um, it's going to be mostly music. I'm going to be performing most of my, my album, which I only released this year, and um, this new single, Self Help. Uh, and so I hope that you just enjoy a really fun night where we can dance a little and hear, some, hear something maybe that you get to hear me play and hopefully a local artist that I can look into um and yeah that's if it's level two then we can I, I haven't checked with inch bar I'm not sure if they they will do spacing if we can accommodate spacing out or whether it'll be only a level one gig I will confirm that on the event pages about that yeah sweet and if people want to find your stuff uh just misleading.bandcamp.com or I am misleading uh, with two s's.com. I am misleading.com. Thank you, Nadia. That there was Nadia Freeman, also known as Misleading, who's performing at the Inch Bar at the end of November. And now, here's her single, Self Help. You're on the local here on Radio 191 FM, brought to you by New Zealand on air. Mm-hmm. 
useful. Learn a skill. Why are you stupid? Read a book. Why aren't you better? Be better. Make more connections. Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.